You're listening to The Bottom Bible. I'm Katie. I'm Vanessa. This is a weekly podcast brought to you by a couple of bottom-loving bitches who want to talk about sex, relationships, current events, pop culture, and everything in between. Thanks for listening. To tell me what you want from me. Welcome to the Bottom Bible. I'm Katie. I'm Vanessa, the idiot who forgot to turn the volume off on her phone. So I apologize for that. <laughs> um, today's episode is going to be en français. Just kidding. <gasps> but we are going to talk about Emily en Paris. Emily in Paris. Um, we realize this has been out for months, but um, I finally cringed my way through it and then became addicted. <laughs> Couldn't stop watching it. That's basically what everybody else says. Yes. That's the first that's yeah. la même chose. Yeah. <laughs> Pour tout le monde. Oh man. So we're gonna re we're gonna talk about it. We're gonna talk about um, I don't know, some of our the cringiest moments, the cringiest outfits perhaps, peut-être. Um Can we narrow it down? Oh my god, those fucking awesome. bucket hats. Get out of here. Okay. Um okay. So I, even we're looked, gonna... I even like looked up stuff. Yeah. I have articles. <laughs> I have links. I have references. Um, oh my Love god, it. France references. No, French ref, French references. It it worked in my head. I'm so sorry, you guys. Okay. Um, let's see. Um, I love it. So for those of you that have not watched the show or do not know about this show, maybe you do not have Netflix or the internet. Um, if you don't have the internet, I don't know how you're listening to this right now. So there that is. Huh. Um, <laughs> on your, uh, on your not your dictaphone. That's not what I wanted to say. On your sonograph. I can't think of the word. What the hell is it? Uh, on your phonogram. Is that what I want? I don't know. What's happening? Um, no. Okay. So if you do not know what, uh, I keep hearing the sink behind me, by the way. I just go. Oh, I can't hear it. Oh, great. Okay. I, it's drowned out by my water cooler. Just <laughs> This is our uh, external audio um, background noise episode. Um, but no, but for those of you that are not familiar with Emily in Paris, it is a Netflix show that um, did it hit around quarantine? I think it, I it um, I just happened to have that information. It debuted on Netflix on October 2nd. So kind of in that real meaty mm. quarantine where we had kind of, we'd stopped Clorox wiping our groceries okay. and packages, but we're still thick in the, we need content. Wow. Oh my God. That was, <laughs> I was like, that was months after it. And I'm like, oh, that's right. Ooh, yeah, but the first, like the first little while, like like March, April, May, everybody was just like, what? Full panza me. It was it was full. Like, wait, what? <laughs> hmm? What? Every what morning, I can I go outside? Every morning, I woke up and I tried to be extra quiet. Like, don't wake it up. Don't wake don't. it up. <laughs> don't wake it up. Um, um, and by October, that was, um. I mean, Florida was open by then, weren't they? Well, no, true. Kidding. Did they ever close? <laughs> by that, by October was when you'd watched everything 
that you had been trying to catch up on. Mm-hmm. You made as much banana bread and sourdough as you possibly were going to. You'd made and abandoned the beehive. Like all your quarantine projects, like we, like the well was wanting dry. The well was one dry. The well was one dry. Our Barbara um, Walter impersonations were at an all time high, and the well was one and dry. Remember that when she would be like, "Hello, I am Barbara <laughs> Walter Wallace." I think on okay, this is gonna age me a lot, but Tiny Toon Adventures. I don't know, so way into left field, but it was a cartoon. Um, it was delightful. I used to watch it. I'd come home from school and watch it. 90s. Um, 90s. And one of the characters. So they were basically like the these like young youth versions of the old Acme, like Bugs Bunny, mm. Daffy Duck, all that. But they were the young. Yes. They were the young ones. So there was Babs and Buster Bunny. And Babs used to do a Bar- Barbara Walters impersonation. And okay. just extreme speech impediment. And that made me think of that. I, I love the one. I'm Baba Weebos. <laughs> I love that the Terry. children, that the youths were exposed to that. Yes. Yes. It was like Animaniacs level yes, cartoons yes. where it was like yeah. clever jokes on all tiers. Like I all fucking levels. love the Animaniacs to this So day. good. Love. So good. Classic. Classic. Love. Also, one of the reasons I know the names, not where they are, because I'm an idiot, but I know the names of many countries, nations of the world. It's the song. Exactly. Some have changed. Some don't exist. There are some that didn't exist when the song was written. But for the most part, the vast majority are as is in the song. In the song? Jamaica Paru. In the song. Mm, 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 Yeah. mm, 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 mm. Okay. Um, So, sorry. Oh, God. Wow. Hey, welcome. Um, Welcome to the pod where we talk about anything we want at any moment. Anytime. It could be any time. A a conversational trapdoor. (laughs) <laughs> like that under your fucking feet and hang on bitches you're coming along for the ride and then we'll slide back up to where we started <laughs> all looking around very confused yeah <laughs> to bring you back to bring you um back. emily in paris is a show on the netflix um and it is about a gal that is goes from chicago with a marketing firm goes to chicago to paris um clumsily and clunkily along the way and then i will briefly interrupt just to say the series was created by darren star mm-hmm. who is best known for um creating sex in the city and beverly hills 90210 so when you hear those things you you realize those French stars start to align and all of a sudden mm-hmm. like, oh, this is why you're like this, Emily in Paris. Yes, this, this all makes so much like Okay, it was also okay. produced by MTV Studios. So another like clearly a certain yes. flavor painted with a certain very youthful brush stroke. Yes, a youthful bucket um, hat. A very youthful <laughs> bucket hat, yes. Um, okay, so I will let you take it over from here because you have <laughs> the articles. Um, but to um, it was met with uh, some interesting reviews Ooh, and yes. critiques okay, from so around the world. This is a perfect segue down a flight of stairs um just a on a segue on a segue careening down the stairs in heels in heels um, a with hat. a bucket hat yes 
Um, okay, so the series was wildly popular. So many people were watching it. I don't have the numbers, but just anecdotal evidence that I've collected. Everybody I know watched it. Everybody. Even Dr. Boyfriend had to watch it because it was Ooh. the show that I watched. It's okay. I swear there's not a trap door. Just a little a little divot in the carpet. Um, it's like you tripped and then we're back. Just a little seam in the hallway <laughs> carpet. Um, we have a thing called in bed shows, which is Dr. Boyfriend's bedtime much earlier than my own, even though mm-hmm. I am the older of I'm the mod to his Herald. Okay. Um, and we he wants to go to bed earlier than I do. So our compromise is that we go upstairs to bed and he can lay down and start to doze and fall asleep. And I watch whatever I want, no questions asked, because he's not really watching. He's occasionally right. listening. And that's how Shit's Creek got introduced to him. Got it. But the wit and quickness of Shit's Creek uh, would seep into him. his brain. So he yeah. heard a lot of the lines, a lot of the really smart dialogue. Mm, and so the Moira. Got, mm. The Moira of it all. So he Ooh, ended yeah. up getting into the show and, and watching it at the end with me, like watching um, the last episodes with me. Fully on board, not in bed, but it became it was moved to a couch show. Got it. Where we both yeah, watched. It graduated. So Emily the in graduate. Paris was no, 100% <laughs> an in-bed only show mm-hmm. where he it was not his thing. Bridgerton, same thing. So Bridgerton, he maybe caught a few lines of it, but never once bothered to open his eyes. Okay. Again, Emily in Paris, he probably heard a couple lines and never once opened his eyes, never tempted to. It was yeah. just like, this is who, this is the woman I love. And this is the <laughs> shit that she chooses to watch. Fine. Mm-hmm. Um, so a lot of people, back, we're back in the hall, on the hall carpet. A lot of people watched this show. It was very popular and yes. almost universally panned. Yes. Nobody liked it. Yeah. Um, the but French it. especially did not like it. Ooh, I love it. But I still saw a lot of things that said we didn't like it, but we watched it. <laughs> when is season two? Some of it <laughs> is. Okay, so this is an article. Uh, it's in The Hollywood Reporter. And it was from back in October when it came out, October 2020. And this is by Abid Rahman. Um, and it, it, he uh, points out that it is perpetuating French stereotypes of like the yes. French being rude, like lazy because they didn't come to work. They didn't want to come into the work uh, into the office until much later, um, like disloyal, uh, rude to Americans, like rude to outsiders, all like kind of misogynist and sexist and, you know, French, <laughs> yeah. you know. Uh, moody like that moody it's like the moody french stereotype that you see in shows like emily yeah. um and he said uh, they specifically said uh they were portraying a theme park version of paris Ooh, love That's okay a great description so, cutting but they also called it strikingly watchable an <laughs> escapist confection mm. um so uh, French cult- French critics and viewers called it a proud cultural ignorance. Um, but again, they still watched it. So glor- yeah. they're saying it glorifying unrealistic uh, plot lines that oh, were just yeah. absurd and dumb 
and um absurd uh, and dumb is a great way to describe yeah. the show Um, they said they compared it to the unrealistic images in Paris that uh, from the film Amelie. Uh, okay. That it was very romantic. Although, I mean, I mean, in my humble opinion, Amelie was yes a very idealized uh, depiction of it, it was like the manic pixie dream girl in France or in Paris, yes. but intentionally so in. In yes, my American and opinion, done beautifully done and wonderful. Smartly, it, it was a smarter version. It was a quirky, yes, unrealistic, but it was supposed yes. to be. Yes, it didn't take itself any. It Just didn't take like, itself that seriously. Like I'm trying to think of an American movie that's a version like Five Hundred Days of Summer. A little bit more traffic, a little more yes. tragic, but yeah. that same like Zoe Deschanel, American Eye, like hyper like. Record stores, record shops, ukuleles, little sundresses, like that kind of concept. Yes. But anyway, so, please continue. Uh, the, the big French criticism was essentially that it was characterized, it was a caricature of France, yeah. of Paris, and Parisians. Um, there was one person who described it. Okay. So this was from a French article. Um, it was cited in this Hollywood Reporter article, but it is from a French um, like a cultural sort of uh, magazine, online magazine called RTL. And they said, rarely have we seen so many cliches on the French capital since the Parisian episodes of Gossip Girl or at the end of The Devil Wears Prada. Oh. Cultural magazine Les, Les Inrocs describes the Par- as described the Paris in the show as the unrealistic city of the Moulin Rouge, Coco Chanel, Baguettes, and Ratatouille. <laughs> Wait, yeah. were they talking about like Ratatouille the dish or Ratatouille the Disney movie? The the Pixar, yes. Okay, the Pixar okay. of it all. Yes. I love it. Um, so, the, yeah, again, so talking about the negative stereotypes um, and that how many French people were really kind of outraged mm. by the kinds of cliches that the series was putting forward. Um, but... At the end of it, they kind of just said, still, relax, it's a series, and there's nothing very bad. I found it funny and light. Mm-hmm. Like, so the author is like, it, you know, acknowledging that, yeah, it's basically making cartoons of us. The way that in a lot of movies and, and TV, L.A. is mm-hmm. portrayed is like, everybody's like super flaky, and they're like, we all yeah. love granola. Everybody talks like do that. goat yoga. And yeah. I'm going to go get some like sprouts and like my green juice. And it's like, yeah. but okay, yes, I have had green juice. It's good for you. Um, but I don't talk like that. And I don't <laughs> do yoga. Um, but I love goats. But I will not do yoga with them. They cannot be trusted. Um, okay. So then. So they cannot be trusted? Yeah, they can't be trusted. I'm sure goats are fine. They, they can be trusted. They're cute. They're cute. I like it. Um, so the other. Uh, article I, I read was uh, The New Yorker and okay. it was from November of 2020 so again right after it came out and it's it was not just about Emily in Paris it focused mostly on Emily in Paris and it was called okay. Emily in Paris and the Rise of Ambient TV and this is by Kyle Chaika um, and in this uh, oh gosh that's a great line I have to find it hold on so I can read the whole thing you got for me Kyle okay um, so he's again also saying, you know, 
light, fluffy, unrealistic, and silly, absurd. Um, so where is it? Okay. Okay, it's going to be a long quote, but I'm, I promise it's a paragraph, but it's worth it. Uh, the purpose of Emily in Paris is to provide sympathetic background for start for staring at your phone, refreshing your own feeds, on which you'll find Emily in Paris memes, including the whole genre of TikTok remakes. It's okay to look at your phone all the time, the show seems to say, because Emily does it too. The episodic plots are too thin to ever be confusing. When you glance back up at your television, chances are you'll find tracking shots of the Seine or cobblestoned alleyways, lovely but meaningless. If you want more drama, you can open Twitter to augment the experience. Or just leave the show on while cleaning the inevitable domestic messes of quarantine. Eventually, sensing that you've played two episodes straight without pausing or skipping. Netflix will ask if you're still watching. Shamed. I clicked the yes button. <laughs> and Emily continued being in Paris. Yes. So it's again, you got sucked in because it's like, it's like candy. It yeah. was bright colors, pretty clothes, beautiful scenery. And you were just like, this is so easy to consume because I don't have to pay that much attention to it. Mm -hmm. None of it ever has to sink in. It can just skim the surface of my brain. Mm -hmm. And all of a sudden I've watched three episodes in a row. Yep. <laughs> um, so then he makes a, a wonderful um, tie-in um, with uh, what he's calling like the, the ambient television is he's making the callback of ambient music mm. that um brian eno coined the term uh -huh. yeah um and let's see it was in the liner notes uh of his 1978 album ambient one music for airports he the ar article is saying um ambient denotes something that you don't have to pay attention to in order to enjoy but which is still seductive enough to be compelling if you choose to do so momentarily hmm that's Emily in Paris, y'all. Yeah. And not just Emily in Paris. So the article is saying not just. It's just that Emily in Paris was a big splash. Yeah. And a big dose of this ambient television. Yeah. But it is. The it's cliche the kind of French chef's kiss. Yes. Of it's, um, it's like what the other stuff we watched. Oh, my God. What was that dating show the, that we Which watched? Oh, God. Love Island? No, you. I'd never watched Love Island, mm -hmm. but the one where they couldn't so see each good. other for their blind dates. Until oh they... my god! Um, uh, Love is blind. Love is blind. Where I couldn't even come up with the title of it. I can't remember all the names of people. Jessica. Because who can forget Jessica? Fucking Jessica got so lucky with quarantine that we forgot about her ass <laughs> and her Chico sweaters. Um, but her it's that wine. kind of easy to digest. Easy to digest. Sorry, I thought a candle was catching on fire behind me. Oh, my God. Um, easy to digest. Uh, brain skimmers. If I see those curtains go up in flames, I'll, yeah, I'll here, give you I'll a rap, tap, tap. <laughs> okay. that right there. Yeah. I like candles for myself. You guys. I'll give you a heads up. Self-care. <laughs> um, so it's, it's exactly what they said with the ambient music, that when you do dip in, there's mm -hmm. just enough there to keep you... Mm -hmm. entertained yeah but you can also just let your mind go blank it doesn't matter yeah um do you know that i use i use uh ambient worlds ambient sounds ambient music for reading because this thing is never blank mm -hmm. she never shuts off she never stops hearing things um she cannot focus really to save her life anyway 
Um, but with the music, it like, it like, it's like a warm weighted blanket for my yeah. mind, and then I yeah. can actually like read the task at hand. White noise has very rarely worked for me because mm. my distraction. I think we were talking about this the other day. A lot of my distractions are visual. So oh, yes. it doesn't matter what's yeah. going on. It doesn't matter how lulled music or sounds can make me. If I can see it, mm. I'm out. Yeah, if mine's I all sound. If I can in hear the peripheral. It, I told yeah. you when people are driving or riding with me, if my passenger is wiggling around too much, I got to tell them, you got to stop. Yeah. You, need to you got to stop playing with that mirror. Still. You got to stop being on that phone. You got to, you have to stop making movements that my peripheral can track. Mm-hmm. because it will drive me crazy and I will have to leave you on the side of the road. Yeah. My mom hated it. My mom was like a fucking fidget spinner of a person. She could never be quiet. Like There could not be silence. Yeah. And in the car, it was it was the uh, the mirror on the uh, shade. Oh, on the, what's constantly? Constantly on the, on the um, visor. The visor, the passenger side visor. Down, and then she'd snap the mirror open. And just kind of take a quick peek, snap the mirror closed, and then leave the visor down. And I'd be like, do you need that visor? No, put that visor <laughs> The sun up. in your eyes? <laughs> put, that, put that visor up. And she's, oh, she would like begrudgingly do it. And then she'd like, boop. Do it again. Boop, boop. Yeah. And it was that movement of like down, slide open, slide close, and then not up. And I'd. Yeah. Can, I can see it. It's bothering <laughs> me. And she would get so angry when I would say like, if I can, if I can see you. Or sense you moving. Yeah. It bothers me. And it's not personal. It's not because it's you. Ryan Gosling could be sitting there. <laughs> and if he's fidgeting, I'm going to say, Ryan, I'm going to need you to stop that. Or you're going to have to go to the back seat. <laughs> I can't and I won't, Ryan. <laughs> not for you, not for anyone. Um, <laughs> but anyway. Yes. Oh, my God. Ambient. Ambient, ambient sounds. We're back. She's ambient like, yeah. sounds. Um, so He's yes, like an ambient. This is like an ambient for your eyeballs. <laughs> for your soul. For your no. soul and your brain. Um, no, but it is fun to dip into and look. It's cotton candy. It is. Where it's pretty, it's colorful, and it, you know, it even tastes good. The first You get couple, that thing wet, she gone. Yeah. First couple times you bite into it, it's good. And then you don't want well, it anymore. Why? Because yeah. it's just fucking sugar. Yeah, it's all it is. And you're a 45-year-old woman for fuck's sake. No. God. My God. Oh my god, please. <laughs> um but I watched it. I watched the whole series. I binged it in just a couple days because it was it was so bingeable. Yeah. Because it was so low calorie content that there are some things like crime dramas, something really gritty, something very, very emotional, something like mm-hmm. also like really violent. Yeah. Or dark, it's hard to watch a lot of. Yeah, you, take you, breaks. you can feel yourself like, oh, God, what's like wrong yeah. with me? But this was just like little like weightless air popped popcorn kernels just popping in, 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 in. So I watched it and felt nothing. Like there was no there was no drama, even when the show wanted there to be, like, will she, won't she? Is this his girlfriend? Is it not? Are they going to fuck? <laughs> what? Who get, and I'd be just like, it doesn't matter. Mm-hmm. Whose champagne fortune is this? And it, will this campaign work? Don't care. Yeah. No one care. Will her uh, boss ever like her? Probably not. Why? Because she's a French woman with great taste. Why would she like Emily? Yeah. 
also who learn didn't the father fucking to learn say bonjour. French. Thank you. Say the one phrase. We'll get to that. Um, the one thing. The one sock. Um, and me, on the other hand, I tried. <laughs> I tried and I failed a few times. Mm-hmm. I watched the first episode. I felt really embarrassed. I don't know why. That was the overwhelming feeling of like, what is this? And I felt like, oh, I just want to wash those headphones on because I'm like super embarrassed if my boo comes in and he's like, what are you watching? So it was a bedtime. It was a bedtime show for me. Yeah. But it was like when my boo uh, games with his friends, uh-huh. I and I'm like, I'm tired. I need to go to sleeps. So I would do the iPad in the bed and just like watch it. And that's how I ended up eventually binging it. I think it may have been when I was recouping. I think it was. Oh, I think I yeah. finally finished it after surgery because I was like, well, I, I'm out. I need because something. I remember being surprised that you didn't watch more of it earlier. I I just got flooded. It Maybe it was just too sweet. I don't know. I I don't know why, but I was just like, I can't. I can't, I can't do it. And then, of course, when I maybe because I don't know what I don't know what it was. But then when I was just like, I'm just watching it. And then I would just like be four episodes in. I'm like, well, I got to finish it now, I guess. Here we are. I think that when it comes to watching certain things, um, you are a little more sensitive to the content. You're absorbing more of it. So if it's, yeah. if it's truly not good or like too, too saccharine or too um, just too shitty. Yeah. You aren't going to waste your time and watch it. I will climb into that kind of programming like a warm bath. And the streaming is just that trickle of hot water. Keeping, yeah. that, keeping that water at like a nice bath, warm bath temperature. I love shitty TV. Yeah. And I'll watch it for fucking hours. I also love smart TV. But my alone time is most often spent watching actual garbage. Oh. <laughs> like, I may as well be watching, like, just uncut uncut uh, film of, like, uh, at a landfill. Oh. <laughs> uncut landfill content. Like, that's what and I should be watching. Mine is in, in like, okay... So, and this has been happening since the days of my youth, y'all. I would find the thing that would make me, that would be like a soothing weighted blanket of just like, takes away all the stress and anxiety. I like, I well, no, I will fast forward. If a show gets too anxious and I don't know what's going to happen, I fast forward it. And well, then I go, yeah. oh, I can, I can handle this. Right. Yes. I okay. Do the same yes. thing. Um, but I used to like, I had... In my youth, in my infancy, I had a video, a VHS. For those of you who don't know, it's a rectangle that you put into a VHS player and it's like tape and it plays. Um, And I would watch the exact same recorded versions from TV, Charlie Brown episodes. I would just, I'd watch it and then I, my little finger would go and I'd hit rewind and I'd watch it again and then I'd hit rewind and I'd watch it again. That is my life. That is my Hulu and my Netflix life. They took Parks away from me on Netflix. How dare they? So now on Hulu, I just, when I need to like decompress, I put on my bobs 
and that is all I do. And I can't, I have watched, this is why I feel like a crazy person. I have watched Bob's Burgers so many times. I have so many random Bob's Burgers quotes will pop into my mind. And I'll be like, and I'm like, what is that? Oh, that's Tina. Oh, God. Um, But it just, it is like a comfort to me, like no other. And so once I find the thing that I just love, I obsess and nothing else can can enter. So if it doesn't soothe my soul, I think, in terms of TV or I'm not completely fascinated by it, then I, yeah, then I'm like, mine's just, I, like I could watch Bob's right now. <laughs> I put I, that on. I do have series like that that I go through phases. Like I, I'm just now coming out of, not completely free from, but out of a Seinfeld mm. uh, moment where I just would watch because on Hulu, yeah, the episodes are so I I watched all the way through. Then I watched their curated lists, which are like the yada 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 mix, mm-hmm. the, all the essentials, or the this era of Seinfeld, whatever. So they have lists of not in order episodes, but like lists that they put together of these are all these themes. This is this what. So then I'm and now I'm working my way through that. Uh, Dr. Boyfriend does not understand because he never really got super into Seinfeld. Mm. And I was like, yeah, but I've watched them so many times. Like, it doesn't matter if I have to leave the room for three minutes because I already know what happened. Yeah. It doesn't matter. That's not why I'm watching it. And he does not do that kind of watch. He very rarely rewatches. He'll rewatch his favorite movies. Okay. Like oh, he's, he's a movie guy. He's yeah, he's a movie guy. He's into right now like The Shining. He's in he's mm-hmm. having a whole Kub- Kubrick, Kubrick moment. moment. So, but it's The Shining specifically is is really where the nitty gritty is because we tried to watch A Clockwork Orange and he had to shut. He couldn't do it. Um, she a lot. <laughs> what I, if I want to mash up Emily in Paris and A Clockwork Orange? <laughs> I I fucking love A Clockwork Orange. Yeah, it's great. It doesn't affect me the way it does mm. him. And you would think the the reason the the big issues he has with it is there's there's two rape scenes. Yeah. Um, and they are not easy to watch. No, they're not. They are brutal. And it's not like I enjoy watching them, but I read the book before I saw the movie. Mm-hmm. So I just have my interpretation of the book, and that is the lens with which I watch the movie. Yeah. And yeah. he, he, I remember he told me he's tried to watch it as a teenager with uh, someone, who, like a girl he was dating who liked it and wanted to, to watch it. And he was like, oh, I've kind of seen it and I'm you know, not really into it. She's like, come on, come on, come on, let's watch it. And so he sat through it and was just like, yeah, I still don't fucking like this movie. Yeah. <laughs> and now he's tried to watch it like as an adult, adult man in his 30s. He's tried to watch and still like just couldn't get it. And he loves Stanley Kubrick, but just was like, I don't understand the intent. I don't know what he was going for. Like, I don't I can't wrap my mind around it. And it's too disturbing to watch without knowing yeah. what the intent was. And I was like, oh, yeah. I, I think like there's no intent. It's like it's it's almost like it's like an absurdist punk rock movie like that's the point yeah of it. yeah but he's not yeah. into it so oh my god all that to say the shining is his rewatchable thing he cannot understand why i love to watch the same things abfab i could i could quote i think entire episodes of abfab to you i've watched them so yeah. many times i'm in the middle of another rewatch <laughs> um 
But when I want to watch, I'm not interested. There's, I'm like a walking meme when it comes to this. I'm not interested in something new. Oh, I want to okay. watch what mm-hmm. I've already watched a million times. And it will yeah. take me six months to start watching something new. But if you suggest, like, let's watch Sex in the City, which season? Yeah. <laughs> Where are we starting? Aiden? Let's go. Okay, okay let's go. Um, so I think sometimes I get afraid. I'm afraid to commit. So I, I already have shows that are tried and true. So when it's mm-hmm. something new, I almost like going to something I know I won't possibly get addicted to. Oh, uh, okay, okay. Like okay, I'll okay, watch okay. something like Emily, in like Paris. Emily in Paris or like 90 Day Fiance where mm-hmm. I watched so much for like a month or two and then I was like, I can't do this anymore. I can't. Yeah. I love myself too much. Yeah. I can't do this <laughs> too much myself pride anymore. in myself. Too much pride in myself. But for like a little while, I was like, I want to know everything that's going on with Darcy and Jesse. Oh. I need to know yeah. everything. I, I love the cringe of it all. The cry face. See, and I I like it to a point until I start to feel like sadness and empathy. And then I'm like, it's too real. Oh, okay. Get your life okay. together. I got to go. I think um, that I lack the empathy with them. And not that I lack empathy IRL, <laughs> but for people who willingly go on a reality TV program, you have, just as you've signed your consent to be filmed, mm-hmm. I have signed away, you've also signed away all shot at empathy from me oh because <laughs> you chose this you did this see oh it's impossible because i for me because i'm like well why did they choose it though what's going on there what was happening what was that childhood oh my god i would totally watch a show with reality tv um stars if they like consented to uh filming their therapy sessions um yeah, that but, shit would get real but um, any like any legit therapist would be like, never let you record. We and shouldn't that's do that. I love reality TV therapists. Like yeah. uh, I right now, all I can go through my head was Vanderpump Rules when they've gone yeah. to therapy, like therapy sessions where the therapist has okayed the camera crew being there. It's like I gotta watch this because yeah. not a real therapist is watching this. <laughs> so speaking of therapy, um, something that I found therapeutic with Emily and Paris was watching youtube video reactions of real parisians and real french people reacting to emily in paris there is a couple that i love that i watch they have they have their a lot of the a lot of the people that i watch are like french teachers they Mm -hmm. teach their their channel is i must have program their channel is all about um like teaching you french immersion blah 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 um one of them is streetfrench.org. There's mm-hmm. one. Um, she, it's a couple, boyfriend and girlfriend. And she is Parisian. And then he is American, but his French is amazing. And he's, because he's been living with her and living in Paris for a really long time. Um, so their reactions were gold. Um, and the one of the main things, and I know that this is like such a big thing for, and what I didn't quite understand, the point of like Emily never grasping this never getting this never understanding the social cues because I feel like after like a week in Paris a week in France you would get this and also it's just kind of a rude thing to do I was thinking about it in terms of like be just being an English person when someone says hello to you not saying hello back is just kind of a rude thing to do and almost all of the uh French because they weren't all Parisian. Some were from Lyon. Some were from other areas in France. Um, like, saying bonjour 
Mm-hmm. Like when someone says that to you, say it back. Yes. Try it. Say bonjour if you need to. Just do it. Say it back. That's like, I remember like all the teachers we had, like that is what's, they're like, what's the most important word to know in French? And it's always mm-hmm. bonjour. Mm-hmm. Always. And I was starting to think like, because in, in, and they would always comment like, ooh, 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 ooh. Like the reason, you know, Emily's like, why is the road to me? Why is this da, 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 to me? And it's like, because girl, you're being super rude. Like if you walk into a shop and you're in another country and someone says like, they say, hola. I'm a, I, I am not fluent in Spanish. I know maybe like two phrases. I'm going to say hola back. Mm-hmm. Buenos dias. I'm I'm right. not going to I'm not going to just be like mm, and just like blink my eyes at them. Um, And maybe first day she doesn't. But then it just it's constant. It's constant. And she's like so she's like this little dumb, dumb lollipop that like she goes to these parties and she sees other human beings interacting or like her friend that she has that speaks French and mm-hmm. has been in Paris like why isn't she going girl because like if I were there and I was seeing someone being like rude like say like I don't know in a situation that would never happen I'm in Paris with my my parents and I'm like dad listen <laughs> just fucking say that word just say it like it, I, it doesn't matter how you say it or mo- move your mouth I'll say it for you I don't know right. but like just like that's important do the thing um why no one told her that? And I get that it's a show and blah, 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 blah. But like, I would understand if that is this American, because it's like, it's not only, not only making caricatures out of French people, also Americans though, as well, I will say. Because like, the rude American stereotype, which unfortunately is probably really true. We've um, seen in our French classes. Eek, eek, eek. Um, Can't understand me? Let me speak louder. Yes, over the teacher. In English. Because that's a good idea. Um, but like, it, like, girl, yeah, I would be rude to you too. Like, fucking say hello. What's wrong with you? <laughs> or say goodbye. Pick up on a fucking social cue. Bucket hat. I just want to call her bucket hat from now on and forever. Um, but that was like the overriding theme. And there'd be other things where um, like they'd comment, but like through all the channels, it was always the fact that she didn't, to simply say like bonjour she when she would enter try to assimilate at all she at all. went there one assuming everyone in her office would speak english yeah like, okay i get it it was the last the, the thing the whole thing with the show is that it's a last minute yeah uh thing but you know you had what eight hours on that plane mm-hmm. listen to some tapes listen to some cds Get a couple phrases download a few podcasts write them down use your phone and the apollo like at least walk in there saying i'm so sorry you know this was not my original assignment i it's not that i am being rude and just didn't bother to prepare i was not meant to be sent here this is mm-hmm. you know, i'm a last minute replacement for someone i'm so sorry and then go and roll yourself in a french lesson mm-hmm. like course yeah an immersion basic basic conversational course yeah yeah and then she doesn't want to do anything the french way because she said that her job was that the american company is flexing mm-hmm. and bringing shoehorning American 
ways of doing things into this French company. Yeah. Because people love that. Right. People love for you to say, no, no, no. Let me, someone who doesn't even have a, not even a flimsy grasp of your language or culture. Let me tell you to do it. Let me tell you how to do it. Oh, oh and so two other uh, YouTube. If you guys want to watch French people or expats, there's a adorable um, uh, New Zealander that has a YouTube channel called Not Even French, but she lived in Fran- Paris for whew, nine years, seven years with her French husband and now they live in New Zealand I think for work or what have you um and then there's also piece of French and I just recently found her and she's lovely and she'll do videos in slow French if you are looking to learn French also a good um like uh, avenue and she is piece like piece of French um piece of p-i-e-s piece of French and she and her sister react to it together which is great oh okay Um, i'm writing all these down because i'm gonna follow them they're lovely and i would highly recommend you watching it um streetfrench.org they're very serious they're that's a very serious i would describe them as like more serious people just in general i Um, need different flavors on different days yeah and some um, days some days i need that dry that dry french rub yeah And it's great. And it's just very critical. And it's very, oh, no, 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 no. And then they pause it. They watch it. They pause it. And they go, oh, this is what happened here. Oh, this is what she said. This is what she should have said back. So if you're in the situation mm-hmm. and they give you guidance and mm-hmm. advice to like. So if you find yourself in a shop and someone says, bonjour to you, please say bonjour, bonjour. to them as well. <laughs> they, believe me, they're going to look at your shoes and know you're American. Yeah. The cat's out the bag. Yeah. It's, it's the shoes that give us away, my loves. Yeah, it's, it's always the shoes. Anytime I've been abroad, shop at Cezanne if you if you want to. Our shoes always give us away. Uh, the men, especially mm. bulky, bulky yeah. sneakers, will give you away as an American every single time. Sandals with socks. You Ooh. know who you are. Yeah. Um. Yeah. So that's that's Emily. I, I mean, go I watch. Mean, it don't if you, you want to watch? watch? It. It it actually is. Okay. And the reason I had in in, earlier, the reason I had brought up like the Darren Star, Sex and the City, Beverly Hills 90210, those are two shows set in the U.S. that do the same thing. Yeah. You know, that uh, Sex and the City is a, um, an amusement park version of New York, of New York City. Yes, yes, yes. That's not what it's like. Um... But it's, you know, you see, like in Friends, like the the argument, about, oh, it's always yeah. about the the real estate argument always comes first is there's no way that they'd be able to afford that apartment yeah. living there. Yes, like you understand, Carrie, there's no way she could live the way she lives buying $600 shoes Yeah, on like a freelancer, freelance journalist, freelance writer's salary. There's yeah. absolutely no way. Um, Beverly Hills 90210 shiny hard plastic version Mm -hmm. of growing up not just even in la in beverly hills beverly hills yeah wealthy beverly Um, hills (laughs) so uh, that's the flavor of it and that's what you should expect when you Mm -hmm. watch is that this is going to be a disneyland version of this and the truth is it's very easy to watch it will make you roll your eyes and when Netflix asks Netflix asks you, are you still watching? You will not be able to help but say yes. 
There was a, the ep- there they're was only a, half hour episodes too, right? They're yeah, less than they're 30 really minutes, short. Like 23, yeah. 24 minutes. There was a tweet that when I was looking up Emily in Paris and it was like, started watching Emily in Paris. I hated every second of it. I'm almost through it all the way. Yeah. I can't wait for season two. <laughs> That's the journey yeah. that you go on. You're like, this is the worst thing I've ever watched. I cannot wait for season two. The outfits also. It's Girl. very Carrie Bradshaw. She doesn't dress like Carrie Bradshaw, mm-hmm. but it's in the vein of Carrie Bradshaw where it's too much fashion. No mm-hmm. real person dresses like this. Yeah. I cannot wait to see the next thing she does. And it's like another example of 100% not willing to adapt Yeah. to the best outfit she had was that trip that they took to the friend's mm-hmm. uh family home Mm -hmm. that was like a little bit chill um i think she had like cute hoop earrings on then i think on that outfit but um yeah it's like like take a note i mean to me and maybe that was part of it it was like oh my god i would be so humiliated if i were to walk in and especially in a culture that like in terms of fashion Mm -hmm. or beauty or what have you culture um so highly regarded and to look so like oh so gauche like I would just oh I would oh I would die I would die I would be like I gotta go home give me a flight home (laughs) I gotta get out of here (laughs) but again just like with not bothering to learn any French (laughs) um not thinking about where you're going yeah because even if she were in nobody dresses like that here Right. Nobody dresses. Nobody like dresses like you were in Chicago. Nobody dresses like that yeah. in Chicago. Nobody dresses like that anywhere in mm-hmm. real life. Mm-mm. So again, it was it was another sort of storybook time. Yeah, like a storybook version of a young woman's closet. Yeah, yeah. But again, it was cotton candy. It was fun to watch. You're going to eat a little bit of it. You're probably going to eat too much and ultimately get real sick from it. <laughs> but it was glorious for the first couple bites. I want to. It was I, real fun. I want to poll. And maybe we'll actually do this on the day of it. Does anyone look good in a bucket hat? Is that a cute shape for anyone? A toddler. <laughs> Does any Gilli- adult? Gilligan? Was that a Luke? <laughs> I mean, it was a Luke, but remember, he his Luke was doofus. Yeah, like it's, Gil, like you. Nobody wanted to fuck Gilligan. I mean, maybe no. a couple, maybe a couple of you sickies. I'm just kidding. I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna Gilligan shame, shame you. Shame you. <laughs> um, but Gilligan was not written to be a heartthrob. Gilligan was silly, almost like not sex, non sexual. Yeah, like, yeah, 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 yeah. Um. The professor didn't wear no bucket hat. No, he did not. Because the professor who sleeves. you wanted to fuck. <gasps> Is that where I got my obsession with rolled up sleeves? Is it from the professor? I want to know where you got your old man fetish from. Ooh, is it the professor? It could be. It's Michael Caine, guys. <laughs> um, <laughs> you, this is a total side note. Have you ever seen the movie Little Voice? Yes. Yes. So good. I love that movie and so you good. might be the first human i've ever met in real life that has seen it as yes well so i was good. upset I've, I've watched that movie a dozen 
easily a dozen times. Yeah. I've listened to the soundtrack so many times. Jane Horrocks from, she's Bubble from mm-hmm. AbFab. If you know AbFab, she's Bubble. Yeah. She has a, she's great. I know. She it's incredible. Can, she doesn't always sound exactly like the other uh, performer, but she has all the mannerisms and like the like kind of voice quirks. Mm-hmm. Like she does yeah. not sound like Judy Garland, but yeah. she's doing all the Judy Garland like tricks and yes. yeah, yeah. Oh, it's insane. Yeah, she's so good. God, that movie is so good. Yeah, is it streaming? Oh, and you and McGregor. You and McGregor might be able to fidget in my passenger seat, if you know what I mean. Oh, okay. Maybe. You know what I mean, McGregor. Yeah. Um, so I I don't know. Did you did you watch it? Did you watch Emily in Paris? Did you make it all the way through? Did you stop in the beginning? Have you not a clue what we're talking about? And you're heading to Netflix right now to start your journey. Um, let us know. Tell us. Tell us how your journey was. Um, were you angry at Emily? sometimes just like what are you doing what is happening i couldn't even get angry with her you guys because i just was so not invested in her but i watched her i couldn't wait also from two people that um have made friends with real life french people um the loveliest (laughs) just want to say and you guys are probably also all know French people. I I don't know. Maybe if not, um, this like the love. They're so lovely. <laughs> like I adore them. The sweetest, the kindest, um, so patient, so great. I mean, to funny. be fair, we are paying them. Yeah, but still, um, they don't but, have to be. They don't have yeah. to be lovely. They don't I have would to still gladly pay. I'd probably they don't have to Skype you on the side. Yeah, I'd probably okay. pay more. Yeah, to get a yeah. little attitude. That's fine. Yeah. No, just like and like the the teachers that we know that are yeah. from France or yes. are French, um, just delightful, wonderful, lovely. Well, I will tell you what I think I told Katie this story last week at work, but when my cousin and I went to Paris for the first time, it was in two thousand. Picture it, Paris, two thousand two. Um, ooh, me in the same pair of jeans I'd been wearing for three weeks. <laughs> it's it's what happened. Um. We went to Paris, and I did not speak French. I could understand very, very little. Mm-hmm. But my cousin was fluent, very, if not fluent, very, very advanced. And um, so we, we got there, fine, on the train, cool. Cabs, we ended up at this amazing find of a hotel that was so cheap in the most incredible uh, spot in the city, and it was literally, <laughs> like, $20 a day to stay there. It was amazing. That's amazing. But uh, we had a museum pass, which is um, a pass that the city has that you pay for a certain number of days. So they have different levels. So we paid for like a five-day pass. And the day you start using it, they stamp it and it's good for five days. And it's over like 200 museums and play- or it was anyway at that point, at that time, um, for like 200 uh, museums that you would get free entrance to them because you paid for it was like a almost like a fast pass for museums mm-hmm. and so we went to the Pompidou Center uh, the night that we got or the evening that we got into town and we went to the guard and we handed him our passes and he said oh like he was telling my cousin like oh you're don't um, don't use this now come back tomorrow because I'm gonna have to stamp it 
and today will be your first day and it's only open for another couple hours you're gonna you're you're losing a day essentially by coming in right now and he explained like yes but you know we're only in town for so long and we just want to take advantage we're fine We're, we're we'd rather come here for a few hours and then you know then have to wait until tomorrow so the guy like kind of looked at us looked at the passes took his stamp changed the date to the next day and stamped it so giving us like an extra day Mm -hmm. um we went to different places to eat different places you know visiting different places and he always started off speaking french and the one French sentence that I could identify was when he said she doesn't speak French. <laughs> that one I knew because I would I would look over and just and kind of go like I'm so yeah. sorry. Yeah, I speak Spanish. Yeah, um, and we had really nothing but wonderful experiences. Yeah, but we were trying. He spoke French. Yeah, and. I apologize for not speaking French. Yeah. And I had like a few sentences or a few phrases. Mm-hmm. I knew how to say bonjour. Au yeah. Yeah. Merci. Like, yeah. And with that, you could kind of at least participate in the beginning and the end yeah. of an inter <laughs> human interaction. Kind. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. So it, it does. It makes a big difference. And they clocked us as Americans. They can tell by your accent. No matter how good you think you are. Yeah. But I can I th- always hear a little bit of your accent. <laughs> yeah. But I think it's it's important to make the effort. And not just in Paris. Not just with fr- with Parisians. Not right. just with the French. Any country. Anywhere you go. Like, that's different. You learn anywhere. a handful of phrases. And yeah, <laughs> it's in a David Sedaris uh, essay where he said, uh, you're kind of fucked. If you, if you learn to say, do you speak English in any language? It's great, but you're fucked if the answer is no. Right. Because where do you go? What do you go to where happened, do you go from there? That happened to us in Berlin, where oh, Berlin, no. neither one of us knew very much German. Mm-hmm. I just couldn't get it. I am so lucky yeah. that I grew up speaking English because I would not have been a I just can't. Mm. English is kind of a weird it's it's cult, it's categorized as Germanic. But it's not really. There's, it's, yeah, there's a it's, lot of, yeah, there's a lot English of different. English is fucking wackadoo, you yeah. guys. Grammar is kind of Germanic, but then a lot of vocabulary. is not. There's romance. Yeah. I mean, there's a lot of words that are so similar to romantic languages that we it's have a in real, English. It's a real. But then also same with pastiche. There's a lot of similar German words that are very similar. Yeah, but do not fool yourself into saying, well, we speak English. We can probably figure out a lot right. of German because you won't be yeah, able to. No. And when we would ask people, do you speak English? The answer was nine. And we'd be like, <laughs> okay, yeah. well. Auf Wiedersehen. Bye. <laughs> um, but yeah, anywhere you go, if there's like a handful of phrases that you can learn. Yeah. And they'll clock you as an American because they yeah. always can. Just You'll try, try to, to fool them by stitching or ironing the <laughs> Canadian flag onto your backpack. It right. won't work. They'll know. Yeah. The shoes They'll always give it, it away. Shoes, I love it. I love that guys. it's the shoes. I love that. It is. The same way that you can spot a European in the United yes. States. Yeah. The black socks. It's yeah. always black dress socks. And a neon, super, super modern, insane, crazy looking fucking sneaker. Yeah. Euro. Yeah. And the jeans. Yes. And the jeans. The jeans. The 1,000% the jeans. The the tight fit. The European yeah. cut of a jean. 
mm-hmm. um, and the very specific wash. Yeah. That the European so men true. seem to like. Yeah. So true. Well, um, if you like this podcast, like we like our European men, um, then rate, review, and subscribe. Share it with your friends. We are the Bottom Bible uh, podcast. Anywhere you look online, there we will be. Um, do you have a friend that loved Emily in Paris? Send them this episode. Have them listen to it. Have them send that to a friend and on, so on and so forth. Do you uncle, have a friend uncle, who's uncle, on the fence? Uncle. Yeah. <laughs> Maybe we'll push them over. I don't know what side, yeah. <laughs> but it'll be one. One or the other. Or the other. And we'll be back for season two. Don't be mistaken. Yeah. I have, um, no, I have no very little recollection of what happened in season one, <laughs> but I'm sure there'll be a recap. And even if there's not, you know what? It's only going to take me like five hours to watch right? the whole fucking series. Yeah. <laughs> it'll take me probably five months, but that's fine. Then we'll do the episode and it'll be great. Um, I'm a, it's a little slow start. But um, yeah, that's going to do it. So we will catch you guys next week. Uh, au revoir. Au revoir. Salut. Ciao. Auf Wiedersehen. To tell me what you want from me.